Hello everyone and welcome to the Volrath Feed. I'm your host, Rich Rupp, product trainer and chef here at the Volrath Company. And I'm joined as always by our executive producer and uh, co-host of the show, Justin Pearson. Hello, Justin. Good day to you, Rich. I take it things are well. Yes, yes. Always, you know, if you really think about it, things are always good, right? Yeah, it could always be worse. Right. Yeah, I, I am notoriously a half glass full kind of guy. <laughs> I just think uh, you live a happier, healthier life if uh, you can be optimistic. Right, right. Uh, you know, I also want to just make a quick note for everyone listening. If there's anything at all you want us to talk about on the show, you've got some thoughts on uh, guests, on it, what we should cover. Uh, this is a show about food service. If you've got some advice, tips, Anything at all you'd like us to know, please reach out to us at volrathfoodservice.com slash the feed. Yeah, and I'd like to remind everyone to hit that subscribe button as well, because whether you think it you will or not, there there is information that you can use in your everyday life, mm-hmm. in your business, within every episode. A high degree of value with each one, and, and a subscription to our show will ensure that you never miss a moment with another chef or food industry professional again. That's right. Keeping with the theme of the show, I always say it's those nuggets, right? It's those mm-hmm. little things that, you know, you may listen to an episode and it's something that you you may not have a real specific interest in, but there's going to be something out of that episode that you can take away. And it's, I call them nuggets and they're in every single show. And it, it's right. Every time we talk about that, there's always a nugget, something that you can pull away. And whether or not you're interested in the chef side of, of a show or if it's the owner or today we've got a guy in from marketing i guarantee there's going to be nuggets today absolutely and and even if it's just the quote at the end that's worth the price of admission mm-hmm. right uh so now i let the cat out of the bag we do have uh as i said a person on our show today with marketing our guest today is tad Lowe, who is the president and owner of mustard seed marketing so he's got his own business and um it'll be interesting to hear his take on you know, operators, what they're doing, what they should be doing, what's been happening in the industry. and It's just too important these days. There's too much at stake. Your entire business is at stake. Because whether you know it or not, you do have a digital presence and it is really in your best interest if you are not going to handle it yourself to have somebody manage that for you. Well, I can I can tell you from working in my family restaurant, you know, we've, we've got a bartender, you've got a chef, you got we have nobody for marketing. It's, it's mm-hmm. not a thing that's focused on. So I, I know for a fact that there's a lot of businesses and, and successful businesses, right, that maybe just find their way. But it's becoming more and more important is, I think, really kind of the thing that's changing. Years ago, if you were a restaurant, you had a, you had a brand and you were you know, doing your thing and people, you made money, right? Mm-hmm. And now, though, it's just so much more important. I, I really think that um, you got to have somebody – that can focus on that for you, like you said. So It boils down to word of mouth. It's still word of mouth. It's just your mm-hmm. word goes so much further. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's so, so many different facets to that. Well, it's all we talk about with, with social media, how fast things like that are happening, right? With In our personal lives, something that's said by somebody, just boom, there it is. And what, that, what they can do in an instant to someone's reputation, to their personal brand um you know things that happen nowadays are happening so quickly is really the yeah. the difference really and, and and screw ups on social media from small brands to to the largest 
it, it's not even an if, it's a when. You mm-hmm. know, things things happen, mistakes happen, people take things wrong or out of context and they blow out of proportion. And to have some sort of uh, disaster plan in place to handle those allows you to be more responsive uh, so you can manage those situations as efficient and effectively as, as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think you and I have uh, circled around it enough. I think we've got the, <laughs> every the, the show within our sight. So let's bring on our expert today and uh, hear from him. And once again, everyone, Tad Lowe, who's the president and owner of Mustard Seed Marketing. Tad, welcome to the Volrath Feed. Thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Our pleasure. So this is a show about food service in the food service industry, and we always talk about how big the industry is and many, many different areas that people don't always think of. And I think um, marketing and marketing organizations might be one of those things. But, you know, you've got some food service experience, right? So can you kind of just tell us a little bit about your journey in food service and kind of where you are today, how you got there? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, my my journey is probably... um, I don't know, maybe unlike, um, uh, not unlike uh, many out there, I've, I started, you know, I worked in the restaurant industry mm-hmm. uh, when I was in college. Um, you know, I did uh, busing tables and a bar back, that kind of stuff. And um, I graduated college and I uh, was really good in math. And so, of course, everybody that wants to get into the uh, restaurant industry goes right into banking from college. That's the first <laughs> right? stop. And so uh, that's what I did. I went into banking. I did that for, for many years. And, and I'll be honest with you, you know, my career um, right now to this point has, um, uh, you know, there's been two big, uh, pivot points, if you will, in my career. Uh, the first was in 2007, 2008 with the financial crisis. And I was in banking up until that point. Um, after, after that moment, um, I made a, a, a pivot in my career. I was, um, always had the ability to get out and talk and, and, and sell ideas. And I was a creative person. We've mentioned I played music, I was into music, and I had the opportunity to work at a local radio station going into sales. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my, my, uh, my, my banking career had moved me from California to Atlanta. Uh, I was fairly new in the city and uh, was looking for a new opportunity. This opportunity came with a local radio station, and I got into sales with a local radio station. Um, side note here, best move I ever made because uh, on my very first interview, um, the girl that would come and walk me out uh, and walk me into the manager's office for the interview, uh, ultimately ended up uh, being my my wife. So, hey, nice. uh, so it was oh, yeah. a great, yeah, so a great <laughs> pivot in my life. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I worked in radio for about seven or eight years, and that's really um, where I learned um, the in and outs of marketing. And not only marketing, but working with so many different entrepreneurs and owners across the industry uh, or across multiple industries from, mm-hmm. yes, restaurant owners and bar owners to HVAC owners to auto dealers. I mean, everything. And um, and through that, I started working with with restaurants and started doing a lot of marketing with restaurants and putting together local events. And, and um, one such uh, client that I was working with is a, a Mexican concept here in the Atlanta market. And uh, they were looking for a field marketing manager to join their team. And I had been working with them for a couple of years on the radio side. And so I decided, hey, um, I, I would love to work more with with um, with this concept. It was Moe's Southwest Grill, uh, really, really great brand, a fun brand. Um, and after spending seven years of, of really, you know, doing the grind in radio, it was time for me to make a move onto, uh, onto, a, a, uh, onto the brand side. And so had this opportunity, went into field marketing and, um, 
that's really when I got into the restaurant into the restaurant world and spent um, about eight and a half, almost nine years uh, with Moe's Southwest Grill. And there I learned so much more about the restaurant industry, so much about franchising, how franchise um, operations work, how um, operators and franchisees work. Uh, I traveled the country in the role of field marketing. I, I, I was a was promoted throughout the throughout my, my journey there. I was a director of field marketing. I was a senior director of marketing. I, I um, led all of our regional marketing plans across all of our all of our markets. I had the opportunity to uh, to also help launch our off premise business. Everything from catering to online ordering to way back in 2017 when nobody wanted to try Uber Eats. I was one of the first guys that was that was testing Uber Eats in a market down in down in Florida, um, and. Um, and uh, and really and 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 enjoyed my time there and got to really know uh, the operator side and really start to get a passion for the operator side. And in 2020, pivot point number two in my life happened. And of course, everybody kind of knows what that is. And and again, my story is not unlike many in the restaurant world, in which you know I lost my role, lost my job due to COVID, due to due to people cutting back. And and um, you know I was. You know, in 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 August of last year, scratching my head, trying to figure out, you know, gosh, you know, one, why did this happen to me, right? What, why, why, uh, why am I having to deal with this? I've been, you know, I've been a top performer. I've done such such wonderful things. Uh, two, what a horrible time to have to try to find another job. I don't want to leave the restaurant industry. I love the restaurant industry, and um, you know, I, one of the podcasts I was listening to, um, it was it was a podcast you did a, a couple of podcasts ago, Adam Moore. Was mm-hmm. was your guest on it, and he was, um, you know, he hit on something that is that was, you know, resonated with me, and that's the power of network. And mm-hmm. throughout my time in the restaurant industry, uh, you know, I built a tremendous a tremendous network um, uh, from people across the industry to uh, to operators and franchisees and other concepts. And you know, I had to do uh, what I had to do when I lost my job, which was pick up the phone and start calling everybody and, and, and leaning in on those networks. And it was, it was from that opportunity that mustard seed marketing, the opportunity to do that came about. And, um, uh, so, so in, in January of, of 2021, I had the opportunity from, um, from some, some operators that I knew to, to start doing some marketing for them. And, and that led to a bigger opportunity and which led to another opportunity. And, and, you know, here I am now today, I'm still early on in this journey. I'm seven months in. Uh, seven months in on this journey, but um, but it's one that um, uh, that I'm I'm very much enjoying. And, and if it wasn't for my network, one that I wouldn't be able to uh, be able to jump on. And and just so you know, what mustard seed marketing is, what what I do is I really uh, again my passion coming from the field marketing world has been working with operators, helping operators simplify simplify the complexity of marketing. Operations itself is a very complicated business. Um, they don't need to also jump into the marketing world and try to add all that onto their plate. And so my job is to try to help operators balance what's happening from a corporate world. What is what is corporate strategizing? What's their plan? Um, what's the what's the the um, uh, what is the what does the marketing calendar look like from there? And then how can we take that marketing calendar, execute that across across the market? Um, in a simplistic way that operators can comprehend, understand, see the tangible ROI on where their money is being spent, and uh, make sure that we're hitting um, hitting our marketing goals that we're putting in place in, um, uh, with each of the with each of the concepts I work with. So, um, so that's been 
Uh, again, that's that's my kind of my ten years experience in the restaurant world, and um, you know I knock on wood and 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 look up and think every single day that I've had this opportunity and and hope to continue to 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 grow and and uh, and build this company and um, and I hope at some point um, uh, you know I can be somewhat of a of a uh, looked on as as a as a bright light or a, a motivator for somebody else who may be struggling and the same as that boat that. Um, to know that, that they can, they can do this as well. Hmm. Yeah. Stepping back, uh, it, it sounds like you and I have had uh, kind of a similar career path at, at, at one juncture. I'm a recovering musician as well and uh, <laughs> uh, had my time in radio and made that for many inevitable leap over to PR marketing, that side of things. It just kind of seems like a natural place to go. Um, but what uh what i want to get back to the music you know <laughs> what was your uh your style would you play what what were your jams uh well let's say i would i would i would, wouldn't say i was playing anything good enough that anybody would ever want to listen to uh, <laughs> definitely that's a, not true definitely a classy musician no i um i do everything for i was born a drummer uh played drums my whole life and through college and and um and then self-taught how to play guitar so i played guitar and and, uh, and bass and and had many bands uh, throughout the throughout the year. So you know, rock, blues. Um, I'm still a classic rock junkie. You know, I still born and raised on the Beatles. Still love the Beatles. Love the Doors. Love the Stones. You know, that's still my. Um, you know, I'm sure most people that are in their twenties now probably have no idea who those bands are. But but there was some good music back back yeah. in the day. And uh, <laughs> so I, I love playing that kind of stuff. That's cool. Right on. You know, I I uh, your experiences, and you said something about. Um, the passion for the operators. And uh, it, it's a different world. Food service certainly is. You, you get people that are in there, they're, they're creative and they got a drive and they're, they're focused on, on that side of the, of the business. And you're so right in your, when you said something that they, they don't have time to focus on the marketing side. Mm-hmm. And that, my family restaurant, that was kind of the way it was. My dad was the operations guy, been in all his life. And for people like that, do you have anything that you could say to them, like, here's the three things or five things that you should be doing because there's so many of those people out there and they don't have the, the muscle behind them that the major brands do mm-hmm. that. And, and these small independents struggle with you know mm-hmm. this thing called marketing. What is it? How do you do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not only that, it's like a lot of them don't even realize that you have a digital presence, whether you're there or not. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they don't even aware that, you know, you're mm-hmm. you're already on Google, you're on Yelp, you're on all these other platforms and people are talking about you, whether you're monitoring or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, here's the first thing I would say is, um, you know, marketing um, starts at the top. And so the operator, and this is all leadership thing, from whatever initiative you're trying to do, it all starts at the top. And it's something that as an organization, whether you're a big organization or a small organization, the leader has to be bonded and it has to trickle down. And I think you guys know, you guys have been in restaurants long enough. Sometimes operations and marketing aren't always on the same page. And, um, you know, there are some people that, you know, that says our experience is our marketing, our food quality is our marketing. And in some instances, that is true, right? There are some instances mm-hmm. that there are small, small mom pop shops that, that mm-hmm. people travel the world to go visit because it's such a unique experience. And that is true, and those are those are those are are um, great restaurants and great stories. Um, but right now, that experience is—it's really hard to deliver on that experience right now. 
I mean, let's be honest. One of the biggest trends that's happening right now is there is major, uh, major complications that are happening every single day inside the restaurant. Major complications from not only all these new different, you know, uh, revenue channels that are coming in from delivery, online ordering, Uber Eats, DoorDash, curbside. Should I be, um, you know, should I be doing catering at this point? I mean, there's so many different stuff that's happening that takes the distraction off of that experience inside the store. Now add to the fact that most restaurants, not just most restaurants, but most businesses are short staffed. There's a severe issue right now with, with, uh, with the labor market and, um, and there's also major issues and major ripples right now in, in just simple food chain. How many times do you go into a restaurant and their most popular item isn't even there on the menu? So mm-hmm. let me ask you right now, um, with everybody that has been shut down, everybody, with everybody that's been locked up for so long, right? They are coming out of their house now. They're now going back to their favorite restaurant. Do you think they are expecting that they're going to have a substandard experience? Or do you think they're, gonna, they're expecting they're going to have an above average experience? Their expectations are through the moon right now. Right. And it's really hard for restaurants to meet the expectations they had prior to the pandemic, it more or less meeting the expectations that customers are coming in with now. And I think you're seeing that right now, especially um, early days of kind of the pandemic. You see so many complaints and so many frustrated guests and frustrated employees as well because things aren't working as smoothly as as they would like it. Um Training is very, very complicated when you have employees, many cases, employees that have completely turned over since the pandemic started, that um, you are now trying to train these employees to work a dining room that they haven't worked ever or or more or less a year and a half because they have simply been either doing curbside or drive throughs or or delivery, Mm -hmm. you know. And so um, so I mention all that because, yes, we do want the experience. The experience should drive everything. But at some point, you do have to do something to get outside uh, to get outside the four walls of your restaurant. You might have to do something to let people know that your doors are even open. But you do have to do something. And a lot of times I talked about, and, and I didn't come up with this, and I'm not exactly sure who did, but you guys may have heard it before. But I go to, to operators and I talk about four walls, four blocks, four miles. What are you doing with inside the four walls of your restaurant to market your business? And that's the experience through your customers, tapping in your customers, making it a good experience. Uh, making sure the food is great. What are you doing uh, outside the four blocks? Are you getting to know your neighbors? Are you getting to know the business neighbors? Do you have any sort of connection or tie-ins you can do with them? Are you getting to know the offices around the four blocks so you can, if you have a catering, you know, a catering business, you can look to sell mm-hmm. sell catering. And then what are you doing within the four miles? And this is really that next level. How do you start to bring, uh, build that that connection with the community? What are you doing within the four miles of your restaurant to build that connection with the community? to keep people coming back in. Um, so that way, if they do have a bad experience, right, you're still out there, you're in their schools, you're in their neighborhoods, you're at their little league programs, they're gonna be more willing to come back and give you a second chance versus if you're there, gone and forgotten about. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that, I, that, that um, and you know, again, you gotta have a cheerleader inside the restaurant. You have to have a cheerleader and you have to have a top-down organization that says, yes, we're gonna go out and do this. And a cheerleader that can be your brand ambassador to go out uh, into the community to um, to help spread the word of, of your restaurant. Yeah. I think a lot of uh, restaurants are using social media in a big way, trying to use that as their tool. Do you have any thoughts on or advice for them on, on those types of things? Are, are there any mistakes they're making on, on marketing and media and different things? 
Yeah, I think the the biggest um, I think the biggest thing that that um, operators that aren't let's I'm talking about operators now that aren't within a within a a franchise organization that's a right. multi unit chain mm-hmm. that has a huge resources behind it. Mm-hmm. But this is your this is your your mom and pop your everyday. I've got one or two three locations. I think the biggest um, the challenge with social media is they you know they they don't really know how to use it and understand that each channel is somewhat different, right? They mm-hmm. tend to they tend to I'd say some of the biggest mistakes. One is they tend to yell at guests about what their promotions are, right? <laughs> and and in the wrong channels, right? So kidsy free, come out Tuesday, kidsy free, come out Wednesday. We're doing a, a you know buy one get one free. Come out, you know they're constantly shouting on on, and that's not how people are, and they're doing it on Instagram. And that's it just reminds are. me of like the wacky, waving, inflatable tube guy all the time, you know. Which is, by the way, my favorite marketing tactic of all time. <laughs> Every time I drive by, I have to stop and look at it. But um, yes, um, no, the, the, you know, Instagram is about, is photography. People want to engage. And, and what, what, what we've learned, when, what I learned when I was with Big Brands is that, you know, consumer generated content of food tend to work really well with guests because they're there on Instagram. They're there to see pictures. That's what the, that's how they're, they're storytelling. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, uh, you know, I wouldn't even start, not even starting to get into how stories and all the reels and all the different elements that come out. I'm just saying in basic, if you're doing it, don't use Instagram as your here, I'm going to put my promotion out there for you guys to understand what the promotion is. Facebook is a little bit different, right? Facebook is more of a, a pull mechanism where people will tend to go to Facebook. They'll do a search for your store usually to find store hours. They may do a quick review of, you know, looking at reviews. There you can go ahead and post something about a promotion because it kind of sits there and it lives for a while, right? It's not just quickly going through the, going through the newsfeed. Um, so just understanding that, you know, and, and to be honest with you, I, I um, highly recommend restaurants to even really get involved with Twitter. Twitter is, a, is you know, a, mm. it's all about conversations and it's about topical conversations. And as you know, with with the dynamics that there are right now, it's it could be you could very easily get yourself in the wrong conversation that you can't back out of, and that could be damaging to your brand. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, let let large brands and even large brands make mistakes all the time. You know, mm-hmm. they slip and do stuff they shouldn't do, um, and they can sometimes lose their voice and lose their way through Twitter. Uh, so I I highly um, steer people away from using Twitter in general and um, and focus more on on Instagram and and Facebook. Um, but just recognize that each of those channels are used differently. Twitter's a conversation. Instagram is about, you know, experiencing the restaurant through pictures and storytelling. And Facebook is someplace where you can actually live and breathe a, a, a promotion that you want to put that people can can pull. And then the last thing on that is know that um, none of this happens from a business side organically anymore. The idea that something goes viral organically, especially from a from a business standpoint, does not exist. Be prepared to put money behind whatever you're posting in order to boost it to get it out to um, get it out to people's eyes. Otherwise, it just sits there and uh, and with the way the algorithms are set up, less than one percent of even your fans that like your page, less than one percent see the content that's on your page. I think a lot of smaller organizations don't realize the power that they are giving when they hand over the keys to their social media accounts to employees. You know brand ambassadors, whatever. It's like, that is a massive responsibility mm-hmm. that, you know, it's a big risk, uh, big reward scenario, but man, it, it goes sideways so quickly with one drunk tweet, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it does. Yeah. Or, or, and you know, the other thing is, is, you know, 
I do think the problem is, uh, or a challenge, I would say, is that a lot of times, especially with small organizations, you find that the person managing the social media account, um, it tends to be someone who just graduated college and doesn't quite understand the responsibility that exists when they're putting a message out. That's not their own mess. That's not their own face, but the mm-hmm. face of a brand, the face of a mm-hmm. restaurant. They don't understand that responsibility. And then two, um, you know, <laughs> the other thing that happens is then you get the operator owner that is also doing their own <laughs> social yes. media pages. And they decide that this is a great place for us to fight back with our customers for mm-hmm. all to see, you know, to air your dirty laundry of what happens. Mm-hmm. So it is a very dangerous tool. You know, you 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 do need someone that has got really good experience, someone who who uh, preferably has experience within the uh, within the within the restaurant space. And um, and again, I know that that most of these these locations are are limited on resources, but it certainly is great to have a a um, a PR resource that can help you. You know, if you do get into a sticky situation, how to how to react to it, how to um, uh, how to respond to to what's happening, um, especially stuff. If you're you're a multi restaurant operator, right? There could be a shift lead that is a part time employee that does something that can create a firestorm on mm-hmm. on social media that you oh. then have to deal with. And how are you going to respond to that? So so um, easily in today's world. Oh, it, it's it's too easy. And so um, that's where you know that that's that's where having a, a good uh, you know, PR person, even if it's on a contractual basis, something that you can rely on that can help you navigate those sticky times. Do not take it upon yourself. Don't Google a few tips on how to do that. Uh, it, with the way things are happening in this world and, and how powerful social media is, I mean, it could be, depending on the severity of it, make or break for your business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, you see in comment threads about when when owner operators fly off the handle and you know you start sifting through the comments and people are like oh pr 101 you know it's like (laughs) what does that even mean you know it's like it's constantly fluctuating and it's a fluid environment and there's no one-on-one there's only there's only nine one one yeah (laughs) well in the last year or four years we'll call it right with political uh, how that polarized people so much you you've got to walk the middle more and and Mm -hmm. it's a it's a bit of an art i guess right being able to do that and it's getting oh, yeah. it's getting harder every single day because everything is starting to get politicized. Well, and everybody expects brands to take a stance now. Mm-hmm. You just can't you just can't sell what you sell. Uh, you have to be for or against something, and that's uh, it's mind boggling in a lot of ways. And it's it's really challenging because what's happening is um, you know again a lot of these brands and this this is something that trend that's happened in the last couple of years um, is brands are trying to represent themselves to be more than just food when you start to look at what the big brands are doing right they want to make a connection with their guests beyond the food that they're that they're that mm-hmm. they're serving and in order to do that you've got to build a connection beyond something that taps into people's passions and so this is where now they are getting you know they are opening up the floodgate of having to take a stance one way or the other on issues that they may not want to take a stance on yeah. you know they may not want to take a stance so do you have examples of, of brands that you see really buying into that philosophy? And then do you have other examples of brands that are saying, no, 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 we're just going to focus on food yet. We're, we're, we're going to be the best food. Is there anybody that does it that way yet anymore that you can think of? You know, there's, uh, I, it's, it's tough to say because there's brands, all, you know, if you look at, at um, uh, if you look at kind of how Wendy's has been monitoring their social media account, look at what they do on Twitter. I mean, it's almost like they're no, no longer about food. They've created a whole personality for themselves. Um, they, uh, are, they, they used to do the, the, um, 
we're gonna we're gonna roast you days. We're you know tweet they us were out. ruthless. Oh, I mean, absolutely <laughs> it was hilarious in a lot of ways. Incredibly, it was and very well done. It was ruthless, yeah. but yet uh, it, very well executed. But you know, just the idea of reading some of those tweets and it's it's uh, it's got me nervous, especially for the brand that you know that big. But but they execute that that um, that you know really well. I think um, you know other brands you know that are that are a little more you know. I think. Look, I think Chipotle does a good job with their with with their messaging. They do a good job of of how they talk about um, how they talk about uh, cultivating a better environment with the food that they're that they're that they're serving. Um, yet they do try to have a personality. I think sometimes their their personality through social media. This is just my own personal opinion. Is a little off from what the brand is, but they do try to have a little more personality um, on their social media, and they do try to have a message that goes beyond beyond just food. So there there is um, so they're creating a better uh, creating a better world, if you will, um, through the food they serve. And, uh, and again, I, I think the generation that's coming up, that the next generation that's coming up, they, um, that's what they want. You know, they, they want to know that they serve a bigger purpose in the world than just themselves. And how you tap into that is going to be the biggest challenge for restaurants, you know, moving forward when, um, especially in the, in, in the fast casual world, because the fast casual world has been, you know, really the darling of the restaurant industry for the last what, 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that has been um, challenged greatly uh, within the last couple of years pr- prior to the pandemic because there's been such an explosion of brands and concepts in that. And so those winners and losers, you know, you think Chipotle is a brand that's, you know, 20, 20 some odd, 20 years old now. Um, uh, other brands that, that started in that same time period, late that they're, they're on 20, you know, 25 years old, how do you reinvent yourself, you know, to stay relevant with the next generation? Um, and, and those that do a good job of making that, that uh, connection beyond just food while serving, and here's the challenge, while serving good food, while being genuine to, um, to who you are and to the brand is, while also creating a simple operation that your operation team can execute, and while being everywhere that people want you when they want you. Right, whether it's mm-hmm. in store, online, oh, through right. a drive-through, through delivery. via delivery, you know, those are that's the tough balances that big brands, you know, are really, you know, really kind of navigating and trying to trying to manage, and um, you know, and and you know, I feel for the for the for the single store or two or three unit operator trying to trying to compete against that, um, and so that's where I, you know, to try to again go back and simplify it all back down for them. It's like, look, at some point, you know, you can't compete with all that. Right. There are things that there are things that you can take from that. But, you know, what what you need to do and what we need to do is kind of figure out and say, you know, who are you? Who's your core customer? What do we need to do to get in front of that core customer? Right. And and let's put a plan to do that. Don't take the world on all at once. Let's take it in, in small pieces and try to build build building blocks. And again, to go back to the four walls, four blocks, four miles, it's just a very simple formula that operators can get and understand and they can train. To someone else that they want to that they want to bring on, for someone who who isn't doing anything, and on that that simple formula, do you recommend they start with the community? So they start with the four miles, or do they start with the four walls? I think it's, uh, it starts with the four walls because let's be honest, if you don't have your four walls right, it may not be time to bring anyone in, right? right. <laughs> so start within the four walls, right? Wait, make sure you've got make sure that you've got your operations, you know, right. Make sure that you've got the right messaging that you want to have inside, you know, inside your restaurant. 
Um, again, for, for small operators, I'm more for clean, right? Have one promotion and make that be the one you lean on. Don't have every single window in your restaurant have a different promotion every single night. One, you're, you're, you're devaluing your brand as itself, right? Which means every night you can come in and get a discount. And we don't want to always give it, you don't always want to give a discount, right? So choose the one night that, that you know, you need, that is, is, a, is a low business night that you need to, need to do a promotion on. Are you a family-friendly brand? Maybe a family night is the night to do, you know? Are you um, adult brand? Maybe it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, a beverage, you know, night that you need to do something like that. And it's typically going to, but make it one, not seven nights out of the, out of the week. Uh, simplify your messaging, get that right, and make sure that you're that you're executing um, a consistent experience for your guests when they come in, um, and then start to go out and and build build the relationship within the community within the within the blocks around your um, around your restaurant. You know that the notion of brand that's another concept that for a mom and pop is often very hard for them to come to. Um, they know what they do food wise. They know maybe what their customers are saying when they come in and but for them to really put into a sentence or two what their brand means and what they are what they want to be that's pretty hard and and mm-hmm. larger organizations obviously have uh, much better more resources and people putting that together for them but and that's another thing like what do you think about a restaurant or someone how, how would you advise them to think about what their brand is or what does that mean uh, to be honest with you, i think that's the most challenging thing because i don't mm-hmm. don't i don't I haven't met a lot of restaurant tours um, operators that have one or two restaurants that believe they have a that believe fully in the brand and what does that mean to have a brand or what are all the elements to it right a lot of times they go that's just marketing talk that's just yep. you know but but it is it really is and and you have a brand just like you have a reputation whether you think you do or not and so mm-hmm. um, wouldn't it be nice to be able to, to craft that reputation? You know, in the area that you want to go or craft that brand versus let someone else dictate what that brand or what that reputation is. And if you don't think you have a brand, the first thing I would do is stop and talk to your guest and ask questions about your guests. What do they think about you? What do they think that your restaurant stands for? Right. What do they think about when 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 uh, you guys come to mind? What's the first thing that 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 uh, comes to mind? Listening to the guest will always get you to the right answer. Listening to the Whether guest. Whether you like always, it or not. Whether you like it or not, that's true, <laughs> right? And then, and and then determine, right? Do that same exact exercise with yourself. Now, what do I think my restaurant represents? What do I think that that people think of us, right? And compare the two, and contrast the two, and see what overlaps and what's not, because you can quickly find out what you're doing right and what you're doing what you're doing wrong. Um, so, I, you know, that's I would that's it's a very simplistic way to look at it. Um, and again, I like looking at things in simple ways and making and breaking it down and making it easy for operators. But I start, I would start, start there, start with I the guests. I think that's good advice. Cause I think that that is like it or not, that's going to tell you where you're at Correct. and whether you want to change it or move it or do a, to something there, but it'll, it'll be a good compass to, to go from anyway. Mm-hmm. For a lot of, uh, restaurateurs, owners, operators, chefs, it's so personal when you're making food because that is your signature that is who you are and for a lot of this stuff you have to remove the emotions from it and you have to look at it from an analytical side and it's it's super challenging to do mm-hmm. and and to do effectively uh, so that that's why i whenever i talk to somebody i'm like you know, 
have somebody do this for you, you know, tr- that you tr- that you trust or yeah. that you pay to trust. <laughs> yeah. Because it's it's so ch- yeah, like when they blow up on Twitter and, and they they you know, and they could be they could be right in every sense of their argument, but just the fact and how they come at it and they come out swinging, it just will never do good things for you. Yeah. Yes, uh, you know, food is um, it's a creative masterpiece. And if you're a chef that has re- developed your own menu, that's opened your own restaurant, Every item on that menu is very personal to you. It's like your own kids. And now you're going to ask somebody, tell me, what do you think of my kid? And they start to tell you the faults <laughs> of your kids. You're going to get pretty mad, right? You're going to get pretty, he doesn't act that way. What do you, yes, well, yeah. everybody yeah. does actually. But um, so, yeah, no, it yeah. is. It's, it, it, you do, it is good to remove yourself. It's good to, to you know, again, have an outside person, um, whether it's myself, an outside person <laughs> uh, to, to, to help you through those, you know, to help to walk you through that yeah. exercise and to help get you to, to, um, to the outcome that you're 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 looking for, and at least put the information out there um, in front of you to read and see and um, and digest. And you may disagree with it, and some people do, you know. And to be honest with you, some of them have have, have made a living, you know, and, and a very fine living being you know right all the time. And um, but more <laughs> times than not, um, you know, listening to the guests is going to help you get to uh, get to where you want to go. Well, you you brought up a, a subtlety there that. Um you know, there are ways that operators who don't have a clue for this stuff can reach out and find people such as yourself <laughs> um, that can help them. And it's just little things like some of the things we just talked about today that you, you just have to get started on as an operator and somebody to kind of lead you down the path. And it really does pay back quickly and um, you know, in growth and so forth that uh, when you're doing some of these things right, it really is going to help your business and help you focus on what you should be doing going forward. Yeah. 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 But you know, the other, the other side of that coin is like when as an operator, you don't have the time. Once you start digging into this, you, you start opening it up and there's that rabbit hole goes very deep. The marketing, the PR, it, it, it just gets more and more involved and you just don't have the time because if you were to invest the amount of time and effort energy into doing it successfully, your food would suffer. Mm-hmm. And and because there's just not enough time in the day, so you it's it's I think it's good for owners and operators and chefs and everybody to to be aware of what's going on. But if you're going to open up that Pandora's box, you got to know you're going to need some resources to yeah. to help maintain it. Yeah, and that's where it is. It is a it is a resource. It's a resource in time, energy, and in some cases, money and investment. Um, and, and right now, given the environment uh, where restaurants are in, I can tell you that they are deprioritizing marketing because they just don't have the time or the energy to put into it because they are working shifts where they're down three or four people. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And they're just not going to. And they're working round the clock, 12-hour shifts. You know, they are not going to sit down and try to find the time because they're trying to keep their their uh, keep their keep business uh, mm-hmm. business afloat. But, um, you know, but, but the good news is, again, you put the time and effort into it. Um, you know, will it will pay tenfolds on, on the back end, mm-hmm. um, and um, you know, and I'm just so uh, again, I'm so amazed by the, the passion I see from operators. You know, I know the the fear so many of them had hanging into, and look, I know a lot of a lot of a lot of businesses have closed. There's been a lot of pain and a lot of hurt over the last 12, 12 plus months, specifically in the food industry, um, and uh, but the resiliency from the food industry from restaurant operators, it's almost unmatched by any other industry. This is the most oh, creative, undoubtedly. most yeah. adaptable, 
most flexible, most willing to roll up their sleeves and put in the work to get things done. If any industry was going to survive through this, this was the industry. Or, and even help others, right? Along the and way, they were having a crushing blow to their business. And what do they do? They turn around and help people. Help. Just amazing. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We were talking to one of our guests recently about the passion and how personal and, and the effects of food and how we all feel about eating. And does our industry or does the restaurant industry, do you think, have more influence maybe on certain, maybe it's Generation Z or whatever it is, or the the certain age group of people than other industries do? Like when we talked about how a restaurant or a business wants to, the, the people are looking for them to be more than just the, the restaurant. Do restaurants carry a heavier weight in, in far as influencing people, do you think, than other industries do? Or is it just business business A or business B? You know, I don't know um, if they carry a heavier weight. I will tell you this. Um, restaurants play a very important role in uh in everyone's life because not only, you know, we talked about the chefs and how personal food is on the mm-hmm. menu, but to yourself going out and having a meal is such a personal experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the things people have been missing over the last 12 to 18 months is that personal connection. And I can tell you from the meetings I had, the first time that I met up with someone face to face was in a restaurant, right? Wasn't yeah. in a meeting mm-hmm. room, wasn't another office. It was in a restaurant because that's where we're going to go out and uh, enjoy a meal, catch up on on things that are lost. And so I think there's a very personal connection to it. I don't think, again, my opinion, that people are looking for restaurants to uh, change the world like they are on some of the bigger organizations. You know, they put a lot of emphasis and weight on athletes and sports brands and uh, technology brands and um, travel airlines and, and financial organizations and all the others, they put a heavy burden and a heavy weight to change the world. They want the restaurants to deliver a great experience for them. That's what they, that's what they want for restaurants. And that's why I think people in general came out and you saw the support from uh, people that were outside of the restaurant industry for the restaurant industry during the pandemic. Because there's a true connection there. There's a true connection between restaurant brands and our guests. And when the restaurant family is hurting, our guests are hurting, and our guests, because the restaurants have done so much to, to give back to communities, you see communities giving back to restaurants or doing their part to help them, um, whether it was restaurant day, where no matter what, I'm ordering delivery today from a restaurant to help our local restaurants survive. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see people doing donation drives for the local mom and pop shop that had been there for 35 years that was about to shut the door, and there's a GoFundMe page just to raise money so they can keep that restaurant afloat. Um, you know, those are, to me, that's the magic of, of, of restaurants and why I go back to, you know, this, this idea of, of creating this connection with your guest, this connection with the guest that goes beyond the food because there the connection is bigger. Um, so, yeah, I, yeah, I think that, that um, so yeah, I, 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 personally, I don't think, they carry a huge burden uh, to change the world, but I think that they carry a huge connection with the guest uh, to make the world a more enjoyable place. On a, on a different mm-hmm. level, right? Yeah. An emotional connection versus, an emotional, right? right. Yeah. This, is, uh, this is the real hard-hitting question here, really really getting to the, the meat of the matter. Every market's different, but at looking at a percentage, what, what should a, 
organization be looking at spending in marketing? Is it is it ten percent of, of their overall? Is it twenty five? Is it as much as they could possibly afford? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I could tell you from uh, you know general you know there are typically general guidelines from that from a from a franchise you know system that they're going to put in place. You have to put X percent. It might be one percent. It might be two percent. It might be five percent. Right? They're going to tell you that that uh, that's how much you need it need to put in there. Um, I can tell you I don't have a specific number, but I can tell you if you plug in two percent. It's not enough. If you plug in 5%, it's not enough because the more you do, <laughs> yeah. right? The more you do, the more opportunities that are going to come about. And, and then you have to start investing resources, right? And so, and it's not like it's a, it's, it's a, a zero sum game where you're just pouring money in the marketing, right? You're pouring money in the marketing because as you continue to spend more, you're going to get more on top. Again, assuming that you're also doing everything right on the operational side and the ex- experience, right? And so, um, so yeah, I don't have a, a hard number. On, on what it is, but um, I will tell you that zero is too little and whatever number, number he plugged in is not enough. <laughs> you're, you're right. I, I uh, Anybody, if you do something, and you also have to be able to tie it back to a result though, right? I mean, we're a targeted, there's got to be some way to measure it somehow, right? You mm-hmm. can't just, I guess any anything out there is, is marketing, but you want to be able to tie it to a result and that's where your concept of whatever it is is not enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I kind of half-heartedly joke when I say it's not enough, but yeah, no, to your point, you know, yeah. it is, um, look, look, you need to have a goal in mind, right? Mm-hmm. You need to be able to measure it, right? You just can't have, have money that's coming out. Um, and you need to have a profitable business, right? That's, that's the bottom line is if the restaurant's not making money, you know, you can't run the restaurant for a very long time. And so obviously you can't spend all of your margin on marketing. Um, but I will say that, you know, what I would do is look at buckets and say, Hey, we need to invest some money in, and it, again, depending on, on the size of, of, of your restaurant, your, your organization, but you need to spend some money on, uh, on branding yourself through social media, right? So posting your message, getting that out there. You need to spend some money on, you know, digital. You have to be on the digital place because that's where people are, are searching for you. Um, and then lean into your, lean into your, your digital partners and, um, I mean, let's face it at this point, almost everybody is, has got an online ordering partner, but you can, you, um, online ordering or, or delivery, um, you need to put money against your Uber Eats and your delivery. If you want to drive that business, right? You, there are, again, just like Facebook, it is all a paid algorithm. They do have metrics based on operations, but it's a paid algorithm. So if you pay to put your, your store at the top, it's going to be at the top. And guess what? If it's at the top, you're going to get more orders that day than you did the day that it wasn't. And so you're going to have to allocate for that, you know, you, and I do have that, that number is somewhere between 10 to 20% of, of the overall sales. So it's a, it's a big number. Um, but that is, um, you do, if you want that business to grow and you're investing in that as being, uh, this is how we're going, this is, this is a, a tactic we're going to use to acquire new guests. Um, though you need to plan to put, put money against that. Um, and so again, it's start, it's start to find out what is, what is, what's our overall strategy? What are the tactics we want to use to do that? And then now let's put together what is a realistic budget. And, the, and again, the reason why it's hard to put put uh, percentages or dollars to it, um, you know, one, some stores are a $500,000, you know, $500,000 a year unit. Some are a $15 million a year unit. And a percentage is, is doesn't necessarily cut across the line. It says, oh, well, this store needs to be X about a month. But um, what... Um, 
you know, what, what it does require, it does require that thoughtful approach on, are we putting the money um, where we need to be in order for us to get a clear ROI on what we're investing our money in, right? That's real. That's where you need to be. That's where you need to be looking. And, and you know, what I talked about is just a couple examples, but if you're not interested in driving delivery sales because you feel like it's not a profitable business, if there's, you know, you're just against delivery in general because you feel like they take your customers, then you probably don't want to be investing money in that in that piece of your business. So I don't want to mm-hmm. say you need to. You, it's it's about first getting aligned and where our strategy is and where where we're gonna where we're gonna grow and then putting the money against the resources to 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 do that. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have a little gear shift here. What that you can recall has been uh, one of the most bizarre, craziest promotions you've seen an establishment do that has either worked or failed fantastically. Oh gosh. I'll give you a fun one. And, and these are, these are, <laughs> it's not a crazy one, but it is a fun one. These, these, uh, a great group of operators in South Carolina, um, used to do a, a burrito fun run every year. And it was a three mile run at the end of every mile. You had to, you had to pound a full burrito and, um, <laughs> wow. oh, man. yeah. So, you know, I would say it's crazy. I wouldn't necessarily want to do it. They had a lot of people that came out every single year to do, to do this run. And, um, yeah, by the end of, uh, by the end of the run, um, Everybody is, uh, uh, let's say it's very hard to keep that burrito down, which oh my, right? yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure how that goes for the branding and really speaking about the quality of the food and, and the great taste of it. But it's a fun event. Everybody would dress up in burrito costumes and they'd run around for three miles and just chug burritos. <laughs> and, and, um, yeah, so that's, good, you'll puke. Yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. That's like, why would you want to associate yourself with that? I don't yeah. get it, right? Uh, not, I don't know. That's 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 not, hilarious. Not a, promotion, like not a promotion I boxed up and, and sold over and over again. <laughs> no, no. Well, yeah. And well, people remember it. So is that yeah, half? Yeah, that's true. Is that half the, the again, goal or whatever? It goes back to that connection, right? It's yeah. a fun experience. It's not, you know, let's get out. Let's get a bunch of buddies together. Let's go dress up like, you know. Like uh, you know, crazy burrito or tacos or whatever Mexican food you think about, and let's just go have a great time and something that we're going to remember. And yeah. um, all that was know. good until the you have to put one down every mile, and then you get to the finish line. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah. it does help that that location is near a college campus, so um, you know, you get the right. Uh, okay. You get again. Yeah. You got to know your guest. You got yeah, right, to know right. your guest. Talk to your guest and see what they like. It's all becoming clear now. Yeah. Very good. All right. <laughs> Well, I, I know that, um, I mean, first, thank you again for, for your time with us today. It really was a lot of uh, fun and very interesting. And I know for our listeners uh, hearing uh, that advice, you know, that, that starts small and some of the, the things we talked about here, uh, really good things for them to start thinking about as they're coming out of the pandemic and really trying to get business back on track. So thank you for all of that. And Tad, one other thing we do with our guests is we we like to talk to them about um, is there is there anybody in your life or your career that you they said something to you or or a quote you've read at some point that you reference that really kind of still inspires you or drives you? There's a lot, and I will tell you, like I said, I I, I do read a lot of books. Um, I do try to keep things simple, also, and so I like to always quote one of my um, uh, <laughs> one of the favorite favorite characters to quote of all time, and that's Rocky Balboa. Um, <laughs> And, and the quote is, is one that, that, you know, I, it's a, it, there's so many great quotes in Rocky and I know it sounds cheesy. If to you're going to say Adrian, then well, I'm just going to end this call right now. There's so many great quotes in, in that, that thing about life, you know, and that's what, that's what I love about it is that life isn't easy. And, and one of my favorite that hits is it's not about how hard you get hit 
and can get back up. It's about hard you can get hit, get back up, and keep moving forward. And I think that that quote is so important because so many people have been hit really hard in the last 12 to 18 months. And that's just one example that we've all been through. I was hit. I was knocked down. I was on my butt. And I didn't know what I was going to do. But I got up and I said, well, I'm just going to keep on moving forward. And that embodies our operators because they mm-hmm. their passion motivated me. That embodies our, our restaurant industry. We got hit. We got back up, and this industry is going to keep on moving forward. And they're going to be they're they're going to be a they're going to have a great next couple of years. It's a trans going to be a transformative couple of years. It's going to be really interesting to see the changes that are taking place in industry. But I'm super excited to be a part of it, and I think the work that you guys are doing here on this podcast is helping lead that. Oh, well, thank you. I I totally agree. Yeah, I think we're you. the industry is going to rebound, and uh, you're right. It's going to be different, but um, it's going to rebound. You know, we, we didn't really talk about it too much in the episode, but I want people to to be able to reach out to you if, if they want to connect and, and some of the things you talked about, if they want to look you up. Can you just give us a couple of ways they can get in touch with you? Yeah, uh, you can. Um, one, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Tad Lowe, T-A-D-L-O-W. Uh, you can follow our, our Instagram page if you want to see what pictures are all about. We post a lot of pictures <laughs> of what we're doing. That's at mustard underscore seed underscore marketing. Uh, so those those are the best places to find me. Uh, you can also email me at tadlow t a d l o w at outlook dot com. Well, you're you're new at you're getting going at this, but you certainly have a lot of great experience, great advice, uh, great insight into what uh, can help operators. So we appreciate it again. I know our operators and our listeners um, really appreciate everything today, and can't thank you enough for joining us. So thanks again. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you guys. Great All conversation. Right. Enjoyed it. Well, Justin. Um, that was good stuff, huh? Uh, that was great stuff. I mean, this, I mean, me, I'm, I'm a, I'm a marketing guy at heart, and I guess by profession too. But <laughs> uh, there's, there's just so much to unpack there, and and we could have easily went for hours and hours more, you know. Just, but it, I think it's so critical for for owners and operators just to, at the very bare minimum, be aware of what's what's happening with your brand and your business so it was it was fantastic episode well you know and as as happens with all of our shows you know you and i get so deep in the conversation that um i'm so happy we have nate who's with us and always does such a great job bringing it all together and helping us remember all those good things that our guests have, have brought up in the show so we're at that point nate would you please bring us home with your recap of today's show you're too kind, Rich, for thank no, you. No. I appreciate the kind <laughs> words. Um, yeah, I agree. This is a great show. I think there's two important nuggets that really, really stuck with me. There was lots of awesome stuff, but two things Tad said that really stuck with me. The first thing is that, and this is coming from a guy who has made his living in marketing, if what you're doing in your restaurant isn't solid, the marketing doesn't matter. Your four walls mm-hmm. are the most important thing and everything that happens there. Um, it's a classic comparison I make in marketing all the time, and maybe it's one that Justin may identify with more than you necessarily, Rich, not to call you out. But it's like having a garage band that makes a MySpace page but then hasn't actually written any songs. It doesn't matter <laughs> that you're going to market yourself. It doesn't matter that the band has a website and sells 
those t-shirts, if you haven't done the homework, if you haven't done the basic stuff, the rest of it doesn't matter. It's the same thing with your restaurant. If you're not taking care of the people who come through your doors, getting more people to come through your doors will not solve any issues for you. In fact, it will probably create more. And I think Tad having that perspective, even though he is a marketer, to know that the product has to be of high quality, I think that's huge. The other thing he said that I, I that really connected with me was the emotional connection to food. And that's why people look at restaurants so differently. It's not that they carry necessarily more of a burden or a higher load of the weight when it comes to weighing in on certain issues or or showing people that they are connected to the greater world around them it's that people have that deeper connection to begin with because mm -hmm. food and restaurants are associated so much more deeply than the average thing i mean even he brought up briefly sports stars you know michael jordan has never served you dinner but your favorite restaurant has probably been the source of a celebration for a birthday or an anniversary or something that really means a lot to you. Mm -hmm. People start associating those feelings and emotions with your restaurant. And that's why when they see other things that make them feel emotional in a good or a bad way, they expect some place like that to be part of it. And, and keeping that in mind with your marketing and how you interact with people, the experience you create with people. And Tad brought up something that I think a lot of us have missed, that the expectations of all the people who've been cooped up and not able to dine in are now through the roof for your restaurant. And even though that's not an easy thing to fulfill, um, you still have to try your best to do that and have to manage um, manage feedback you're getting from guests even in difficult times in a way that's going to be effective for your brand. And I think Tad had such a great outlook on on what marketing is but most importantly what it isn't and i think those are the lessons people can really take from this show yeah i like this philosophy of trying to keep things simple you know do, do the focus on um on the simple stuff and start the four walls or i think what was this called the four walls your four blocks and four miles right mm -hmm. it's a good way of kind of putting in uh keep it simple keep it focused well once again nate thank you very much great way to sum up the show justin any closing thoughts from you absolutely I would like to remind everyone to please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any more of our content. Never miss another moment with a chef, food service industry professional again. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. Let them know that you appreciate what's going on here and that you would like for them to have a listen. All right. Very good. And as I close out the show every time with a quote of my own, if you do everything as if a customer was watching you, you'd know you'd be doing it right. So true, right? Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week ahead. Until next time, take care.